whistleblower report exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with the International Report on Vaccine Damage and More with our international team, Dr. Mike Yeadon former vice president of Pfizer Pharmaceutical and chief scientist worldwide for respiratory pharmacology, and Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe, scientist and researcher in virology, immunology in Stockholm, Sweden, and journalist from Croatia, Andrea Klarich. Thank you for joining us today. It is clear from all that is happening worldwide that governments are not acting in the best interest of the citizens of their country. All you have to do is look at the Biden administration in the United States allowing an invasion and supporting, not just allowing, but facilitating, paying for, and organizing and supporting the invasion of military-age males across our borders. There is no border in Texas or Arizona, New Mexico, California. The northern border is open. And in fact, in Arizona and in Texas, local hotels near the airports are being used as processing centers for the illegals, paid for by taxpayers, and our flights on our airlines are being used to transport these illegals. And most of them from video reports in the airports and hotels around the airports and what's coming across the border, more than 95% of them are healthy, fit, military-age males from more than 160 countries being orchestrated in Panama and South America, Ecuador, and others coming up through the Darien Gap, through Central America, through Mexico, into the United States. Fully equipped, of course, with taxpayer-funded cell phones and clothing, bank cards with money preloaded. It is an orchestrated invasion, and America especially needs to wake up because what happened in Israel is definitely headed our way if those in power do nothing to enforce our immigration laws and our border security. So that's one example. Another example that we've just seen with what happened with the invasion of Israel that led to the slaughter of innocent Israeli citizens 
is that one of the most heavily defended borders and tightest border security combination of technology and human security was suddenly not effective and there was suddenly an attack that supposedly no one in the Israeli Defense Force knew anything about that just simply strains one's credulity to the point of breaking. Many people in Israel have written to us at Truth for Health Foundation that this was allowed to happen by Netanyahu and the Israeli government. And the hypothesis is in part that this was done to generate outrage, draw America into the war, bringing our money, taxpayer money, and our military support, drawing it away from the shores of America where a major invasion is taking place that no one's talking about. And that ties into the government in these two countries and the UK and across Europe doing nothing to stop the invasion of military-aged males that are now causing violence and rioting in cities across the United States and Europe. And then today, November 5th, we had the Steve Kirsch's vaccine newsletter revisits the Israeli Minister of Health data that was released in March 2023, proving that the COVID experimental gene therapy shots are killing people with hard data showing the correlation between the shots and the deaths. And no one in any government agency, public health official in Israel or anywhere else in the world or any legislators anywhere in the world have even commented on it. So Steve Kirsch brought out in his newsletter a review of that data and proving the point once again in the big picture, governments are intentionally allowing their citizens to die and to be exposed to threats of crime and violence and bioweapon shots And they not only are not doing anything about it, they are hiding the data from the public and orchestrating this damage. So that's the focus for our international report today with Dr. Eden, Dr. Gilthorpe, and Andrea Claridge. And we'll be talking about some of the points that Steve Kirsch has been making related to the vaccines, but also how that ties into the larger plan to collapse economies and lead to collapse of the current banking system, putting us into central bank digital currency, digital prisons, 15-minute cities, forced vaccinations, and all the rest. Dr. Eden, you have been sounding the alarm about the shots being intentionally harmful since the fall of 2020. This summary in Steve Kirsch's newsletter, and I encourage everyone to go to Steve Kirsch's Substack and read the full report and look at the graphs. 
but we're going to hit some highlights today to help extend his message to our audience. So it's clear the vaccines are killing people. It's clear that the medical authorities are ignoring it. And what are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, well, um, yes, uh, it's been obvious to me that the design of these injections, which get called vaccines, but they're not, uh, the design of them is is just inherently uh, such that it will induce your body to attack itself. You know, when you induce the body to make a protein that doesn't belong in you, uh, it's axiomatic. It's obvious that you will uh, you will attack whatever tissues take up the vaccine. And I've been saying that from the beginning. Um, what would I expect the consequence to be? Well, well, death. And the more more jabs you get, the more likely you are to die. That's exactly what the Ministry of Health data from Israel showed in March. And again, Steve Kirsch uh, brings that out. He says, your risk of death increases exponentially. That is, it rises more steeply with every shot. Your risk of death increased 5% on shot one, but it increased another 6% on shot two, 9% further on shot three, 18% further on shot four, and so on. So it is, he says, this is quoting Steve Kirsch, it is like shooting yourself with a poison each time. That explains why the excess deaths keep going up, even though booster adapt adaption, adoption is going down. That's exactly right. It's not like shooting you with a poison each time. It is exactly shooting you with a poison each time. Yeah, and uh, another point in Steve Kirsch's report, I'm just picking out things that are very obvious so I had trouble persuading Steve of variation from lot to lot. So some lots of the vaccines were associated with, with very high adverse event rates and death and others with much lower rates. And the, the, uh, the um, opposition to making much of this was they said, well, you don't know how many injections there are in each lot. And that's true. But Sasha Latipova does know that now. She's drawn the... Uh, the numbers from, uh, I think, from FDA, and, uh, and the variation stands up. And some lots, Dr. Lee, kill 30 times more people per million shots than others. Now, that is not possible. Everybody listening to me will know pharmaceutical production is extraordinarily consistent uh, from one dose to one another dose. If you get prescribed Lipitor in Boston or Bogota, you get exactly the same tablet. So 30 times variation, I think 3% people would be howling. And this is 30 times. So some of them are 30 times more lethal per dose than others. That's and that doesn't even count that's the enough. increase that's in adverse effects, Dr. Eden. You're right. And I want to emphasize what you said, that some of the lots are killing 30 times more people than yes. other batches. Yes. How bad is my batch.com has exactly. all of this data, but that's not that's not even talking about all of the other adverse effects beyond dying from the shot. The cancer. Absolutely. Yeah. The brain no, damage, the, the strokes, the heart attack. Exactly. And I and I've just pointed this out and I think it I think it does go a long way towards solving the problem, which is People will say, you know, these things, it can't, these side effects might, they can't be due to the vaccine. Look, they're so variable. And I've said, I think it's a common mechanism, which is induction of autoimmunity. There may be others, but basically you induce your immune system to kill. 
whichever cell and tissue takes up the vaccine. And that's a, that's, that's, that's a lottery where it goes in your body. And so if it lands in your heart, myocarditis, if it lands in your pregnant uterus, you lose your baby. If it lands in, uh, in your brain, various neurological problems. So I think it's the same underlying toxicity. And that, remember, ladies and gentlemen, is my training, mechanistic toxicology. Uh, so, you know, the design of these is in, produces intentional side effects. I have no doubt whatsoever. I will be in court in Costa Rica in three or four days this week saying saying exactly that. That's my affidavit. And it's on the basis of that that this interest of justice case is has been reopened. So somebody read that and it resonated with them. I will be I'm not the star witness, but I, I will open with those statements. And then we've got really smart people who've been all over the data and there's no question no question these, these are they're not only intentional but the effect of that intent is wrought in 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 the death record of people who've been injected it's no no doubt well and i i find it shocking that as you were talking about the exponential increase in death with each shot yeah. that people get that by the time somebody has gotten the two initial COVID shots and three boosters, in mm. other words, five shots total, their risk of death reaches 50%. Hear that, everybody, 50%. That is what the real data shows that you are being deprived from seeing. You're being lied to. It's covered up by the very powers that are forcing you to get the vaccine and keep advertising, get your booster, get your booster, get your booster. Yeah, so it, it, isn't, it isn't the one in two will die. It's that your, whatever your risk of dying with these vaccines, and my, and my friend, Dennis, Professor Dennis Rancourt in Canada, has a number for the world's population. I think he's looked at about 9% of the world's population, something like that. And, and it comes out as 0.2%. So it's about one in 500. So every 500 people jabbed representative of the population is now dead, one in 500. And, and that includes the sickest people, the people who had the fifth vaccine, young people, those who only had one. That's the average for the lot, okay? And you're much more likely to die if you're older. You're much more likely to die if you're ill. You're much more likely to die if you're in the fifth you know the fifth jab rather than the first and the 50 percent bit that steve picked out is whatever that initial risk is it's 50 percent higher still when as you go on through the series so even if you like got away with it which most people seem to have not died they may have some side effects and they didn't die but whatever whatever that risk that you were running every time you have another dose your risks are higher it's you're not getting safer you're getting if you think of it as a series of poisons that you're being injected with, basically all that you're doing is increasing the dose. Every time you have another shot, you're getting another dose. And so it's that 50% is over the risk you ran earlier, which is a pretty big risk in aggregate. One in 500 people. And that's why, here's the thing. I saw a Rasmussen survey a few days ago that said 24% of Americans say that they believe they know someone who's died as a consequence of one of these vaccines. 24%, 24%, one in four people think someone in their circle has died as a result of these jabs. And I think that's probably right. Because if you think of like the one in just over one in 500 on average, 
you know, some people will know one of those people. One in four people will know one of those people. And you know what? The uptake of, of boosters is down to, I think it's 2% of the population are turning up. So the people know. I think the doctors know, the people know, and a lot of people are just hiding their eyes. And the media is never going to speak the truth to you, folks. That's the thing. If we're waiting for CNN to tell you, never going to happen. You have to tell each other. Tell each other at work, tell each other at the gas station, tell each other at the store, and that's how we win. Well, that's exactly right. Um, Dr. Gilthorpe and Andrea, you, you have comments from what you're seeing on the ground in your countries. Uh, yes, Dr. Leo, I can hop in. <clears throat> I'm pleased to be back on the show. I missed last week because of the uh, time change. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm seeing more and more people that are becoming aware. I speak to more and more people that have become vaccine injured or they know someone, but I actually meet more and more people that are questioning uh, whether sh they should take another shot. And I tell them categorically no. And the, the good thing is now actually people are listening. I think people realize uh, that these things, you know, not only the harm, which we talk about, uh, you know, we try to spread the word, but they realize that they don't work. And this news that came out this week that there's a new strain, I think it's called RX1 or whatever, um, of COVID, which is now 25% of all cases in the US, is evades the vaccine that was rolled out with a great fanfare. Well, is there any question why, you know, Pfizer can't sell this rubbish anymore? Because it simply doesn't work. The, the strategy of trying to make a new vaccine against the virus, which is already endemic in the population, it spreads very quickly. As soon as you come in with a new shot of something the virus will adapt there are constantly new strains being produced I, it annoys me actually when they keep naming these new variants and giving them names because this is just total rubbish they, these exist in nature and they're continually you know passing through the population but i think this does make a good point that as soon as they, they develop a new shot and wheel it out then people are already well, viruses are already propagating which are resistant to this new shot so it is a complete waste of time and money and it's incredibly harmful which is the more important point but at least you know some people are still in the idea that having a shot will will protect them in some way um for whatever seasonal flu or or, or covid is coming around at least for them they should now see that this is just a, a total fabrication well and it's you know it's it's designed to make money for the pharmaceutical companies, of course, but it's also it also has another more sinister motive because all of the announcements of these variants are absolutely part of the propaganda fear mongering campaign to scare people into continuing to take the boosters and the, the new shots, whatever they're they're putting in them. Yeah. So that people are taking more poison. They know that it's damaging. They know what the data is. They know they're covering it up. It's going back to Dr. Yeden's point of intentional harm. And we started yeah. talking about governments harming their own citizen intentionally. Absolutely. And this is example. I, I just want to make one point about that as well, because, you know, there was this interview this week with Albert Buhler that was the CEO of Pfizer, 
he was being interviewed by uh, a financial guy on CBC or one of the US channels. Um, and, you know, talking about the fact that the, the uptake of Pfizer vaccines was terrible. People weren't you know, taking the shots for some reason. And he commented a uh, part of the, the article or the uh, interview was about this uh, US fo American football star, Kelsey, that Pfizer have kind of um, sponsored as one of their lead spokesmen. And he has this ongoing battle with another American footballer, uh, Aaron Rodgers. And this is a very public, you know, debate between these two. They're always, you know, uh, kidding each other or teasing each other about being vaccinated or not. And, and I think it's important for people to realize that this is all part of the show. This is the idea of trying to normalize vaccine injuries to the wider population through sports or through music or through culture. Uh, so that people don't regard this as a serious thing anymore because, oh, hey, these two jocks, a couple of quarterbacks, you know, are, are joking about vaccine injuries. Um, this is neurolinguistic programming, it's called. It's trying to make people um, not see these things as serious problems. And Pfizer are putting a huge amount of money into this. They're, they're paying these guys to have this discussion in order to minimize the seriousness of it in people's minds. So I just wanted to add that out there because some people think, you know, this is a real battle between these two American footballers. It's not. It's it's total sham. And it, it's done in order to for, for Pfizer to minimize the the amount of kickback they get for people when they realize how damaging their products are. I think you're exactly right. And that has been part of the orchestrated campaign. We have learned since the shots were rolled out that even the American College of OBGYNs was given financial incentives to push the shots to pregnant women, which has never been done with experimental products. Again, to the point, our governments and our public health and our medical officials at the highest levels are intentionally harming the public. And that goes to something you shared in our discussion about Benjamin Netanyahu and on record as talking about the contract he did with Pfizer. Tell us about that. I know Dr. Gilthorpe, you and Andrea Klarich both um, had reactions to that interview that was early in 2021. I had my reactions to it too, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But tell our audience, remind them, of what Netanyahu done, had done in the contract with Pfizer. Yes, totally. I mean, so people should be under no illusions that this the entire rollout of the COVID shots was, was globally planned. And governments around the world have been, uh, you know, knew about this from early stages. And Israel has been central to the whole process. So um, there was an interview with Dr. Jordan Peterson, you know, some people see him as an alt-right um, freedom fighter. I, I think he's also part of the controlled opposition uh, group. But he did an interview with Netanyahu where he made some shocking admissions. Um, that So what he, I'll just quote it directly and I'll, I'll provide an article to this in the show links. But um, what Netanyahu said was that I described that in my book, my conversations with Albert Baller, Pfizer, and I persuaded him to give tiny Israel the necessary vaccines to get us out first from COVID, Netanyahu revealed. 
And the reason I could do that is because we have a database, 98%, a medical database, 98% of our population has digitized medical records and a little card uh, related that says the Israel government knew from the beginning that COVID injections were injuring and killing people. And I'll provide a link to that. But Netanyahu then used Israel's medical record technology to force the Israeli people to get jabbed and allow for quick and easy access to their vaccinated or unvaccinated status. So they, they could easily, he basically sold the Israeli, Israeli population and their medical record system as a way for Pfizer to get quick feedback about how their vaccines were working. Now, we know that card, uh, myocarditis was picked up as a signal in Israel amongst young, young boys or, or, you know, adolescent boys. So that makes me think of the question, you know, how much, how many of these other side effects did the Israelis already know about that, you know, we're only kind of learning about through the, the hard and difficult way of people dying and, and, you know, adverse events being reported, but they probably already knew about many of these things beforehand because they've been looking very carefully at everyone that received a Pfizer shot in Israel since day one. Yes, maybe I can add to this that uh, um, Netanyahu from the start want to uh, make Israel like, uh, you know, experimental country for the Pfizer and he brag about it and he said from the start that he gave all data even genetic data of Israelians for the development and fight against future illnesses and he was very happy about it and that was from the start and now when we see these results now I, I can say that really he made huge damage to the Israeli people and uh, they know that because after two shots third shot nobody wants to take it and I know uh, information firsthand that they realized after all these adverse events they realize that something is wrong with these vaccines but also I would like just one more thing to add to uh, to what uh, Jonathan and you Dr. Lee and Mike says people knows my experience, I'm talking with the doctors, I'm talking with people, people knows. Some of them don't want to talk with them because uh, they don't want to embarrass themselves because they are scientists and doctors. Others cannot uh, accept that was so many lies about this and they uh, damaged the part of their families because they were lied to. I know one example of one family Family, I was talking to one part of the family and she found out about me and about my work and she get through this, all these things and finally find out what is really happening and whole her family was vaccinated. Why? Because one member of the family was doctor, professor and everybody was listening to him and everybody trusted him. And after she went through all my videos, she went to talk with him and ask him, what was happening and he admitted that he knows that he was wrong but now he's embarrassed he doesn't know how to tell the whole family after that she was talking to her son and son said the same thing after conversation said yes mom i know i didn't know how to tell you that means everybody knows but there, there is a reason why don't they saying this and also it's important to say that from this angle, what Dr. Mike 
Yidan said about these shots, that each shot gives you more percentage possibility to die. How come that the European Union both 11 jobs for each person in Europe, including kids? That's something that we need to get answer from. Well, let's talk about that point after the break because there are efforts being made in Costa Rica, in Croatia, and in other countries to bring this information before the courts and the legislative bodies. And I know um, the European Parliament member, Christine Anderson from Germany, has been working tirelessly to get this information out to the broader public. So let's talk about all of that after the break. This is Dr. Lee for America with the whistleblower report international report on vaccine damage and more check us out at www.whistleblowerreports.org and go to www.truthforhealth.org and look at all of the extensive resources we have available to help you have truthful balanced medical information to combat the lies and deception we'll be right back after the break. Check out the new Truth For Health store at truthforhealthstore.com. We have exclusive professional formulas with exciting new products, including True Mitochondrial Boost that can help improve your energy, memory, focus, and concentration. All of our products are manufactured in certified compliant facility using good manufacturing practices approved and inspected by the FDA. Check us out, www.truthforhealthstore.com. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. Our international team, Dr. Mike Eden, Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe, and Andrea Klarich, journalist and independent businessman from Croatia. So back to well that we were talking about and the harm that governments are doing to their citizens. You know, if we look globally at what's happening the intentional actions by governments that are harmful to their citizens with the COVID shots, the invasion of military age males from foreign countries illegally into countries of Europe, Scandinavia, US, Canada, all of that and the economic hemorrhage printing money, the central banks printing money, and allowing inflation to destroy the backbone of the working population in all of these countries and the deaths in the working population from the mandates of the COVID shots, all of which were illegal mandates, and the decimation of the US military due to the damage from the COVID shots. What what are your thoughts about what's going on in the rest of the world? What about 
Africa, Asia, and other countries that aren't having some of this same assault on their people that we're seeing in the Western heavily vaccinated democracies. Uh, I've been Dr. Lee, I mean, what do you mean in terms of health or um, in terms of um, the health effects, do you mean? Well, the for example, my understanding, and some of you may have more information, that many of the Muslim countries have said no to the experimental COVID shots. There's a lot of talk in Muslim countries about vaccine hesitancy. Well, there's a lot of objection on religious grounds, which there was in the US too, but that was overridden. Religious exemptions were denied by employers and by the military. Um, what about China? You know, what is China yeah. doing? We don't hear much about that. No, it's a good point. Though, I mean, I think China has already got in their um, surveillance control system and, and they did go very hard on, on vaccinating or at least testing people and using, I, I think they took in our mRNA vaccines or they had a deal through Sinopharm, was it with Pfizer for or BioNTech for distribution, but I don't think they, they used many mRNA shots. I think it was mostly their own uh, Chinese variants that they used because probably because they didn't trust what was being put into them. Um, but I, I don't I, or they I know didn't want damage to their military and their people the way was that they knew were happening elsewhere. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. They wanted control over what was going into their people in, you know, I, I guess they wanted to do to um I won't speculate too much, but um, I don't know, Dr. Lee. I, I think, you know, countries like, I mean, let's say Africans are not going to, if they're worried about putting food on the table or walking 10 to 15 miles to the nearest school or to get some water for the day, their priority isn't going to be taking a, a new mRNA shot for the latest seasonal flu. Um, so I think, you know, in order... in to coerce these people into taking their shots and getting their digital IDs, which I believe these are all connected to in the end, uh, is going to require something much greater. They, they have tried to wheel out central bank digital currencies in Nigeria, and they did that under COVID. Um, and I don't think it's been very successful. From what I've heard, there have been Im immense protests and, and a lot of riots and things. And, and the government has been systematically trying to remove the currency, the paper currency from the country and burn it and force people to use their digital means to to pay for food. But I don't think it's going that well. But, you know, you don't hear about this in the mainstream media or even really in the alternative media. So unless we've got someone that's actually on the ground in Africa, it would be very nice to hear from them and actually hear how things are going. But I think this is why war is being now ramped up and, and division between Muslims and other people in order to ferment other ways to try and, you know, bring in the chaos that's required to bring in the Great Reset or the Fourth Industrial Revolution, as, as Mr. Schwab likes to call it. No, I, I, know, I, just, I know just a little bit about uh, Tanzania. Uh, because I had some some very close contacts and, and actually had telecons with uh, 
uh, members of parliament uh, in Tanzania, including one that was considered a bit of a maverick. He's a preacher, very popular, and uh, he runs, uh, you know, congregations out, outdoors at the weekends. I think he has like 20,000 people. And he asked me very deliberately, is this vaccine necessary? Is this vaccine effective? Is this vaccine safe? And so I described what was going on and he said, he thanked, he thanked me very much. And uh, I heard subsequently that something like 2% of the country got jabbed, 2%. So they've just, they've really just uh, put a, put a, put a finger up really at, at this in Tanzania. I couldn't tell you about anywhere else, but that one I was very proud of. That's yeah, I mean, one thing that came out the last week or so, Dr. Lee, I think Andrea sent um, parts of the Pfizer contract, which, had, I mean, they were made public by various channels. So this was the contract between Pfizer and the EU, but various other countries' contracts with Pfizer have been published, and they're quite similar as far as I understand. So, But one of the parts in that contract was that and was that the, the vials of Pfizer's drug were not serialized, which I think Mike knows much more about this, but that means that you can't trace them. So if someone has an adverse effect, uh, according to a certain shot, you can't work out which vial it came from. You might know the lot number, but you don't know the vial. And this is very unusual, but this was something that Pfizer insisted on in the contract with the EU. So no traceability between their products and the people that were receiving them. And that's yeah raises a huge red flag because that's not done with any other pharmaceutical product that we've had available over my medical career. And so I, I have to look at that and say, if they insisted on no traceability with no serializing of the vials, in other words, for our listeners to understand, that means putting a unique identifying serial number on that vial of the product, which is done with all other injectables and other pharmaceutical products that are particularly those that are individually packaged. Yeah, it's it's outrageous. I, it, I do know a bit about it now, but only because I have spent a lot of time speaking to people who whose business this is. So, for example, uh, Sasha Latipova know, knows about this because she had worked in manufacturing and involved herself in moving uh, uh, pharmaceutical goods across state lines. And she said it, it's, a, it's a serious criminal offense within the US to move these products across the state line without serialization. And it's for obviously good reasons. You, you could take these products outside of the control regime, you could add a poison and then reintroduce them. And you, no one would have any idea, there's no traceability. All we know is that a shipment moved from A to B but you, you don't know what was in the back of the lorry because there are no codes. Um, and so it was it's un, it's extraordinary to see in a legal contract that Pfizer wrote, uh, there will be no serialization of vials. Um, and what, what again goes to the bigger point of the government agencies tasked with protecting the public in the US, UK, EU, all across the the Western world is that the government agencies did not demand that each vial be properly identified according to existing rules and regulations. 
they yeah um, unfortunately dr lee that they are clearly complicit the governments not maybe not all of them but senior people in each of those governments understand what's happening because and this is very important that we, we keep talking about fda or european medicines agency folks the, these products are not pharmaceuticals they're not legally classed as pharmaceuticals which may come as a surprise to you what's going on is that there is a declared public health emergency of international concern um and that is that was legally defined that the health and human services secretary is the person who declares it and under those circumstances in their sole discretion they can introduce countermeasures that they deem may be effective and that's what these jabs are they are countermeasures that the hhs secretary has deemed may be effective they're not fda regulated products fda is playing a, a part a bit part in this drama right they're talking about approvals or eua or whatever. they don't actually have a legal role it's come straight in through dod contracts to pharmaceutical companies and their contractors uh, under guidance from the hhs secretary and so they're legal illegal they're legal according to laws which are completely balmy you know mad but they they do not go through the regulated products uh pathway they've pretended that they do but that's not true that's why you know just wanted to make that point and i we don't know what they've done in europe or in britain because we have not got a a, a lady called Catherine Watt. We haven't got an equivalent. She's a legal scholar in the state. She's scoured all the public health regulations, and she is the one that has exposed what I just described. We 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 speculate that something equivalent is happening elsewhere, but meanwhile, it's the same kind of um, pantomime of the regulators pretending to regulate. But I don't think they are. I don't think these are medical products, and the absence of serialization is in accord with that. Really, it's more like a a military or DOD kind of countermeasure rather than a pharmaceutical product. Well, I think I think you're correct on that. The problem for the public is that they are presented mm. as pharmaceuticals, traditional vaccines, right. uh, safe and effective, and FDA approved. So mm. the public they're being is lied to. Being lied to lied to by the government that is harming the public right. again the big point at the beginning of the show and then then one of the things that as a physician i keep asking and and it because it makes no sense why are not more doctors noticing the deaths from the covid shots and how i mean how can they ignore the sudden onset of sudden death sudden strokes sudden heart attacks sudden neurologic sudden cancers sudden increase in autoimmune dis disorders in dramatic increase in stillbirths among pregnant women these are all anomalies that have not been characteristic of the average medical practice and suddenly they're skyrocketing how can doctors not see it? Well, I think one of the things that helps to explain the blindness, there's willful blindness because doctors are being incentivized in the United States to push the vaccine. 
they're getting incentive payments from insurance carriers and the government to push the vaccines and most patients are never told that. So patients are lied to about the doctor's financial interest when they are pushing shots on their patients. But also, I think the, the mistaken idea that many doctors have is that they are expecting the death from, if it's related to the COVID shot, to occur shortly after the injection. If you die six months or a year later after some more boosters, then in their mind, perhaps they're thinking, well, it couldn't be the shot. Now, from the data that the Israeli Minister of Health released and was analyzed by the MIT expert, Dr. Levy, now we know that the deaths are rising over time and that the peak of deaths is actually at around six months after the shot rather than immediately after the shot. And the more boosters you get, the higher the death rate goes. So that's in that's perhaps one factor that explains why doctors aren't seeing it. But I still say that my colleagues in medicine are not doing the medical testing that they could easily order for their patients to check for risk of potential death from stroke or heart attack. I mean, a simple blood test for the D-dimer. And I have patients telling me that their primary care doctors are refusing to even order the blood test. So I do it. But this, there's, there's so many factors here. Any That's other? amazing. That's amazing. The Just a tiny detail. Is the D-dimer test considered expensive or unreliable no. or, or difficult, slow to do, or is it easy? It's very reliable, Dr. Eden. We've used okay. it for many years as a marker. It, it's a marker of the presence of micro blood clots or larger mm -hmm. blood clots. And it's it had always been done in the ER if someone was, a, or in a doctor's office, and clinical labs have had this test for ages. I mean, I mm. was back years in my memory of when it became available, but it's a, it's a routine test. If you suspect somebody has a, a clot in their leg or lung blood clots, or they may have had a stroke, it's always been mm. tests that we've ordered. It's not particularly expensive and it's covered by insurance in wow. the, in, a, in the U S yeah, so I, I asked because the fact that doctors are not, they're not willing to entertain it. Patient comes, they clearly they've read something, whatever, and the, the, their doctor doesn't want to do it and you end up doing it. I think that that itself is kind of a guilty mind. Why wouldn't you do it? You know, it's, it doesn't sound like it's a big cost. It sounds like it's a good test for general intravascular coagulation, you know, low level and you would want to know that as a physician, that if the numbers are sky high, you've got a problem. If not, you can reassure the patient. So why well, wouldn't you do it? Well, here's what's interesting. We were doing that test as part of the evaluation of COVID patients who were sick so that if their D-dimer was elevated in addition to the respiratory symptoms, we knew we had to start an anticoagulant quickly mm -hmm. because that would progress. And so suddenly now, after the COVID shots, the doctors on the front lines, um, primary care doctors, 
internal medicine doctors. We have had, I have had patients report to me that they went to the ER suspecting they might have had a, a clot in their leg and the doctors won't order a D-dimer now, whereas before they would have. So there wow. is an orchestrated directive, yeah. mm. whether it's coming from insurance carriers or it's coming from Medicare directives, which is federal government, there, there appears to be an orchestrated directive on a lot of these, through these health systems that are getting incentives from the federal government to not order the blood test of the inflammatory markers and the blood test for autoimmune conditions that they know are happening from the shot. Yeah, I mean, I I came to the conclusion during this last period, three and something years, that that I'm afraid I no longer trust uh, the medical profession. If I know the person, it's different. You know, I would happily trust you. And and there were a couple of physicians that you introduced me to. But if I was just walking in cold and I didn't know them, I wouldn't trust them anymore. It'd be like they've joined the category of people that you don't trust, like used car salesmen, real estate agents and so on. I'm afraid the medical profession has shot itself in the foot so strongly that an educated person like me has good reason never to trust them again. Well, maybe now Mike said a very important thing. It's trust. Uh, there is an example in Croatia now. Uh, less and less people want to uh, vaccinate uh, with other pediatric vaccines. And the main reason is they don't trust anymore to the medical and also health authorities. Mm. And I think also uh, that's the reason why they don't want to admit what happened. They don't want to totally lose the trust. Uh, can we imagine with, if they now admit, look, uh, really we were wrong. We were pressing you hard to do something and it was wrong. Nobody would believe any anyone in the medical field anymore. And of course, some of them will ask for, the, for maybe... Uh, um, maybe some compensation because uh, they, they, they have damage. I think that is the reason why they are still quiet. I think, I think you're, you may be right, Andrea. And I think our goal continues to be educate the people about the silent assault that is covered up and the threats to your life and health, which we're doing, and and the World Health Organization directives. Dr. Gilthorpe, you wanted to comment on that. Yeah, I just want to remind people, alert people, that unless uh, your head of state of your particular country, you know, Joe Biden, uh, perish the thought for the US, writes to the WHO by the 30th of November, so in just a a few weeks and says that we don't want to uh, we don't agree with the amendments to international health regulations that you've put forward they will then become legally binding when the world health assembly meets i think it's now in may 2024 so if the country doesn't opt out you will then be bound by these changes and they are legally binding changes and that they essentially boil down to the fact that the general director of the 
WHO can call a pandemic health emergency or a, he thinks there's going to be a pandemic health emergency and he could then cause your country to shut down by so that will be in by next summer <clears throat> i think this is maybe one reason we haven't had the next big pandemic yet they might be waiting for this legislation to be in place before they have it uh, but yeah basically everyone should be getting involved with whichever stop the who exit the who movement is happening in your country to put pressure on your politicians to make sure that a letter is sent by the end of this month yeah. not much time I, left I, I'd echo that. Uh, I, I while I'd echo it, and you should. We should try everything, and we certainly are trying that in the UK Parliament. As I mentioned a little while ago, I was uh, at the honour of being in the public gallery when MP Andrew Bridgen uh, gave an adjournment speech on excess debts, and he's also mentioned exactly the point Jonathan Gilforth just mentioned. He's lobbying government hard. I do have a but. There's not a hope in hell, ladies and gentlemen, that our politicians are going to write to the WHO saying they don't want to be bound by it. This, this is this is an international conspiracy, and they are all part of it. They're not going to discover something and then go and write. That's not going to happen. So we have to uh, take the opposite view, or at least what, what do you do in, as a consequence? When, when uh, tyrannical laws are put in place, it is your bounden duty to disobey them. And I've no intention, for example... If I'm told I have to have a digital ID or else, well, then I'm getting the or else. I'm not going to do it. Okay. And and if it's enough, here's the key point here. So we can't stop whatever they're doing at 50,000 feet over our head, the billionaires. But what we can decide to do is on the ground, not to concede ridiculous, uh, uh, I would say illegal laws that they've they've passed legally, but they're just completely crazy and offend your human rights and so on. Don't go along with it. If enough of us simply refuse to do the things they say, oh, well, you now need to do this. If we think that that doesn't make sense and don't do it, that that's the point where they where the perpetrators lose. They would have to then um, escalate and then it will become very obvious what they're doing. So that that's my goal, because I, I know with the limits of my power, we're trying to influence people. I don't expect them to my country um, I don't expect my the government, to, uh, Prime Minister of Britain, to write to the WHO. You know, it's not like he needs. It's not like he doesn't know this. Is uh, they they work this out? So, with with each unit of energy I've got, I try to persuade other people. This is how much trouble we're in. This these are some of the things we can do about that. Uh, it's also just as a reminder. This is so awful. You. You can't find a logical, sensible reason for them doing this. That we're not running out of oil. We're not boiling the planet. We're not overpopulated. There's no reason why they should do this. They're doing it because they want to. And I think, I think they are truly evil. They are truly Satan's helpers. And uh, the only way we will survive, I think, as a species, if we, you know, turn back to whatever you have as faith. You know, turn back to God. It's very important. That is so true. This truly is a cataclysmic spiritual battle between the forces of good and evil. And all of the good people in the world need to stand up, speak out, and say no to more tyranny, more control of our God-given lives. That is our right as creator gave us 
the individual right to life, liberty, and ownership of our property, the fruits of our labor. So America and the world, that is enshrined in the United States of America Constitution by our divinely inspired founders. And we have been a light of freedom to the world. Andrea Clarich fought as a freedom fighter, as a young man against the tyranny of communism. He is alive today to continue the fight for freedom. Dr. Gilthorpe is doing the same as am I. We need you to join us in the crusade for life and freedom. Sign up for our email alerts at www.truthforhealth.org and donate to support our fight for freedom and for truth and for the legal defense of those rights as we support all who stand against tyranny. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back again next week with another international report and talking more about the international conference coming up in Croatia, December 1, with world experts educating the legislators on the dangers of the deadly COVID shot. Stay tuned. We have lots coming. And check out our new store, truthforhealthstore.com, with our exclusive professional formulas. These are manufactured in a certified good manufacturing practices compliant facility, unlike the COVID shots. They'll be a lot better to help support your health than taking another booster. So check out our store, www.truthforhealth.org and www.truthforhealthstore.com. We'll be back next week. God bless you all. Stand strong against tyranny.